0: This is the Ipsy SDA Media Network. One of the reasons, if you noticed in my bio, um, I could have left out that first part. The first part is where the incarcerations are. But there's a reason I don't leave that part out. I know y'all may be interested in hearing about the degrees and all that kind of stuff. But if we're honest with ourselves, we've all A, been somewhere. And B, we may still have our children and our loved ones who are still out there. My bio, if you really follow the flow of it, it shows you what God brought me from to where I'm at right now. Right. It's really a testimony of the goodness of God. It's not just to show what I've done. It is the testament to what God can do. And sometimes we really need to be reminded of what God can do. I remember I remember when God got my attention. My dad had been praying on his knees for years. Y'all know those prayers that you pray for years and you're just waiting for God to come through and I remember him saying one time said you know what I wanted to not get on my knees one night at about 3 a.m but the Holy Spirit woke me up and said pray for Aaron and so I want to just let you know today wherever your children are wherever your loved ones are don't give up on them Continue to pray. Even when it looks like God isn't working, trust and believe he's working and he's working in way more abundant ways than you and I could ever imagine. Ever, ever imagine. Thank you, Elder Mark, for that beautiful uh, 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 reading of the bio, as well as throwing in what the little birdie told you. Definitely appreciate that. I believe we're doing a question and answer session this afternoon. Something, something to that effect. And so if you wanna know more about the Clean Slate Act that got passed in New York City, if you wanna know various other things, feel free to ask. If I don't feel like answering, I will just tell you, eh, we ain't gonna answer that one today. But definitely stay so that we can mingle together and get to know one another. Is that all right? That's all right. That's all right. Thank you to the praise team. I had to ask uh, Elder Mark. I said, are they twins? Because I was staring at y'all a little bit hard. I was like, they look the same, but I'm not sure. I don't want to stare too hard. So I just had to ask Brother Mark, are y'all twins? And he said, yes. Amen. Amen. Let us pray and hop into the word for this afternoon now. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you be with us these next few moments. Hide me behind the cross, Lord, that you might be seen. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen. I forgot to say, uh, Elder Mark is right, I've been watching on, on YouTube for the last two or three weeks. I believe it was two weeks ago you guys cut service short and went into the community. I, I, I was watching the service, and I started jumping for joy because I'm all about that. We don't have to sit here all day long. We can cut the service short, and we can head on out into the community. I said, oh, man, Lord, that's, that's the church right there. That's a, that's a good church right there. I like that. And so, and so yes, indeed, I have been watching for the last couple of weeks, and I've just been enjoying what I have been seeing. Quick story, you probably notice on my hands there's tattoos on my hands. I used to have a tattoo right here on this side of my face. It covered up pretty much this whole portion of my face. It's not there now because I got it laser removed. It was one of those things I got laser removed because it just, what it was, number one, and number two, it just drew way too much attention. Right. So I got it laser removed probably about two years after I came back into the church. But I wore this I wore this demon tattoo on my face. That's what it was. It was a it was a it was a mask face, but looked like a demon. And it had red eyes. If you get real close to the side of my face, you can see the eyes just a little bit. Right. But I wore this demon face tattoo on my face so people could see my inner face. That face on the side of my face was how I felt inside. What was inside of me was coming out of me right here. And so when people looked at this face, they would see the smile. They would see the <laughs> laughing. But when they saw this face, they saw how I really felt. I was angry. I was mad. And I had demons all within me. That tattoo, was a symbolization of that. Now, for most of us, though, we never show our true face. Y'all know what we do. I'm going to move around a little bit so whoever got the camera just know. You might see me run all the way around, do a push-up or something. I move around. That's why I like to be on the floor so I don't trip all over the steps. You know how we do with Seventh-day Adventists. We don't don't necessarily like the person, but we smile in their face and say, happy Sabbath. Y'all know how we do. We we, we give the fake smile and, and we give the fake happy Sabbath, but we really don't mean it in here. So many of us, we tend not to show our true face. One of the most challenging things about pastoring, and this is for all pastors. One of the most challenging things about pastoring is that all week long, we as pastors fight our own demons. Then on Sabbath, we as pastors, we come to church and we fight your demons. That is one of the most challenging things as a pastor all week long you're doing spiritual battle with 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 things that Ephesians talks about that you can't see but are happening and then you come to church and you're dealing with the saints of God and the angst of whoever and you have to do battle with their demons Go in your Bibles with me once again to Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. And thank you for the reading. I'm not sure. Oh, right there. Thank you for the reading. Thank you for the uh, uh, context before the reading. Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Matthew 10, verses 1 through 4. I don't know if it's going to be on the screen, but even if it's not, feel free to turn there. You know, I grew up in the church. I'm 41 years old. I remember back in the day before there was all of this, we would actually turn to the things. Right now, we don't actually know where anything is. We have to wait for it to actually come on the screen or we use our iPads or our phones and voila, there it is. If I said to you right now, turn to the book of Philemon, you'd probably have to go to the very beginning of your Bible, find a page number just to turn to it because it's only one chapter long. We've got so used to technology showing us where everything is, we forget how to turn to it ourselves. Matthew chapter 10, verses one through four. Uh, uh, And I'm going to read it from the New King James Version Bible. And it simply, simply says this. And when he, Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Can you imagine giving that kind of power? Given that kind of power... To be able to walk out this church right now and literally heal somebody. But then you're going to see something about the individuals he gives this power to. You know, we're, we're the type of people, if you do good by me, I'll do good in return. Jesus is the type that he'll do good by you simply because he's a good God. Oh, if we just had a little bit more Jesus, folks. Verse two, it says, now the names of the 12 apostles are these first, Simon, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, and lastly, verse four, Simon the Canaanite and Judas, so oh, Judas is Scariot who also betrayed him. I'll speak to you from the title, Everybody Needs a Judas. Now, I didn't say everybody wants a Judas. Most of us don't want a Judas in our life. We don't want a Judas anywhere by us because the Bible says that Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus. But I'm saying everybody needs a Judas. Y'all stick with me as we as we go on, go on to this. Here's some truths about the apostles that Jesus called, right? Number one, you have Andrew, who was an open-minded individual. He could, he could, he could take a lot of perspectives into mind because he was open-minded. Two, you had Bartholomew, who was a composed individual. And some of these uh, uh, disciples, you don't hear much about them in the Bible, but I'm just gonna give you a brief, very brief synopsis on them. James, the son of Zebedee, he was fanatical. Y'all ever, y'all ever met some fanatic? addicts about something, right? Maybe you're fanatical about the Detroit Lions because y'all actually winning this year. Maybe maybe that's one thing, right? Because y'all have been tanking for so long. Maybe you're fanatical about that, right? Yeah, well, don't worry. It's coming for the loss. Don't even worry about that. You have James, the son of Alpheus, who was a quiet. Now, me, I'm a very loud individual. Me and James, we probably wouldn't have gotten to along too well. Or maybe he could have taught me a few things about be a little bit more quieter. But James, the son of Alphaeus, was quiet. John was very passionate. He loved what he loved and he disliked what he disliked. But he did it all with a passion. You had Matthew, who was a very humble individual. You had Peter. Everybody knows something about old Peter. You have Peter who was impulsive. That was the individual that was ready to say whatever came to his mind. You know those individuals that they don't think before they speak and just things come out and then they're like, oops, did I just say that? That was Peter. Peter was very impulsive, right? Then you had Philip who was an inquisitive individual. He probably always had to ask a million questions about something. Well, should we do this or should we do this? Why are we doing this? Why? He probably had all the questions. He was inquisitive. You then had Simon the Zealot, who was strong-willed. I'm going to do this and this is what I'm about to do. He's strong-willed. You had Thomas, who was a pessimist, also known as Doubting Thomas. He needed to see, unless I see the nail prints in his hand, you telling me a bunch of hogwash right now. I need to see it for myself. You can, every one of us in here can find ourselves somewhere with one of these disciples. You had Thaddeus who was intense, then you had Judas. Judas was a traitor. Jesus was willing to take 12 people of varied personalities. Give them power over demons while at the same time battling their own demons of hate, lying, deceit, jealousy, envy, and snakeism. Now, if it was up to me, Elder Mark, and I had to pick 12 elders, (laughs) I'm about to vet all y'all. And I don't want no snakes around me. I don't want no snakes. I don't want no liars. I don't want nobody. If I leave my fine wallet right here, I'm going to have to worry about they're going to steal my money. We don't want certain types of people around us. We want good, holy, honest individuals, individuals that you don't got to turn your back and think they're going to stab you in the back at the same time you turning in your back. We don't want those type, but Jesus. Oh, but Jesus, we could learn a major lesson from. Jesus chooses 12 clowns, if you will. 12 varied personalities and says, we're going to change the world. Of all the disciples, the one I, me, I'm talking about myself. The one I struggle with the most is Judas because he was a snake. Any of y'all like snakes? I'm talking about pet snakes, like the little snake. No, y- y- y'all like, uh, uh, uh. It's only one thing that I hate more than snakes is those eight-legged things called spiders. No, I don't like them. I don't understand. I have two legs, y'all. Y'all see two legs, one leg, two legs. I got two legs, and y'all know I accomplish everything I need to in a day with two legs. Why do you need eight to get something done? It makes no sense. I don't like the way they walk. And then you got the spider that jumps around. Like, Man, I don't like them things. But the snake, the old slithery serpent. Man, I don't like snakes. And Judas was a snake. And Jesus allows Judas to hang around. Now, here's a scary fact I find. A scary fact is Judas. Listen to this. Judas didn't understand that he was a Judas until he became the Judas. Judas did not understand he was a Judas until he became the Judas, the traitor. Bible says before I formed you, I knew you. Just imagine this. Jesus knows Judas is a traitor. I'm going to put him on my all star team. I'm going to put him on my dream team, even though he's a traitor. I knew he was a traitor even before he came into this earth. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Before I formed you, I knew it. Now, there's some biblical names with bad connotations that people seldom name their kids. You know, if and I'm not going to call out no, I'm not going to call out no, hopefully none of the names I have here are any of y'all's names, but, you know, some of the names we got today, just like, how did you make 13 letters out of that to make it a word? Y'all, I can't call none of those names because somebody's name might be in here that way. I don't know everybody yet, and I don't want y'all to throw me out before I even get here. Right. But well, some names is just like, <laughs> I don't understand why there's a Q in the beginning and there's a Z in the middle and then there's an L at the, it like, but it happens. It happens, right? It happens. But there are some particular names, saints of God, that you very rarely find anybody named. The first one is Delilah. Is anybody in here named Delilah. Please don't, please don't tell me there's no Delilah in here. Somebody Delilah in here? Not today. Not today, all right, all right, no Delilah's in here. No no, no. parent says, you know what, I'ma I'm a name my child Delilah. Why? Because there's a bad connotation with the name Delilah. Delilah is the one who, who, who plays Samson. Nobody names their child Delilah. Well, for the most part let's be clear there's also another name there's another name we don't tend to name our children and it's Jezebel you know you know how to anybody in here named Jezebel no okay you know how the old folk used to say right and the old folk used to say oh girl don't you be out there being no Jezebel because Jezebel always has had a bad connotation. If you were a Jezebel, that meant you were out there on the red light district somewhere doing something you had no business doing. But nobody names their child Jezebel. One more, nobody names their child Judas. You don't know no Judas? I ain't never met one, I'm 41, I ain't never met nobody named Judas. No, anybody ever made anybody name Judas in here? You see what I'm talking about? Y'all just proved my whole point. Nobody names their child Judas because there's a bad connotation that this individual is a traitor. This is the person who betrayed Jesus, even though he had three and a half years with Jesus, he still turned on Jesus. Nobody names their child Judas. Here's some facts about Judas. One, he's a thief. Stealing money he was entrusted to. I ain't going to ask y'all who, are, who in here has ever been a thief before, but you know what your journey has been. He was a traitor. He was a traitor that turned on Jesus. Judas was also a disciple that had a chance to see himself. You, you know how we like to do, right? We, we compare ourselves amongst ourselves. At least I better than so-and-so at least I look better than so-and-so at least my Christian journey is better than so-and-so and when you hold your life up to the mirror and image of Jesus Christ you realize that you really ain't nothing but we tend to compare ourselves amongst ourselves and we get high and mighty and puffed up and think we're something and somebody when in reality when we look at Jesus We just little old nobodies because the Bible says all of your righteousness is as filthy, nasty, soiled rags. But we get puffed up. Judas literally walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, stood with Jesus. He saw every miracle that Jesus did and still he had a heart problem. my 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 I wonder today how many of us have been coming to church time and time again and still need a heart transplant you see you see it's easy for us to dress all this up we throw on our suits we throw on our dresses we get our hair well me and him we don't get our hair done we just come to church as we are as our hair is right but but y'all get y'all's hair done and, and, and we come looking a certain type of way but all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. And and Judas had the chance to see himself aligned with Jesus Christ. Judas was a sinner, literally had salvation right in front of him. lit As sure as this, whatever this thing is right here, this death thingy, as sure as this is in front of me, Judas had Jesus in front of him just like that. He could literally touch him. He could literally look at him, stare at him. We're doing it all by faith. He's doing it simply by sight. He was a snake. He was a snake looking for ways to hand over Jesus. He was used by Satan to carry out his plan. He had success in ministry. Judas had success in ministry, but ultimately was unsuccessful because his heart Never change. And the other thing about Judas, boy, he was handpicked by Jesus. Literally, Judas, you come here. He was handpicked by Judas because Judas fit into the plan of God. Remember, Judas is a traitor, but he still fit into the plan of God. You see, we look at Judas and we say, I don't want no Judas is around me. I definitely wouldn't hang with him. I definitely wouldn't pick him. But you need to understand that Judas fit into the plan of God. Well, I'm gonna show you in a little bit. First Peter chapter three verse eighteen. It reads like this: It says, "For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit." Psalms one hundred nine verses five through eight. It says, "Thus they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set a wicked man over me and let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is judged, let him be found guilty." and let his prayer become sin, let his days be few, and let another take his office. Acts 116, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before the mouth of David concerning Judas. Do you get that? The scripture had had it had to be fulfilled, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus in Zechariah eleven twelve? Then I said to him, If it is agreeable to you, give me my wages, and if not, refrain. So they weighed out for him wages of thirty pieces of silver. Judas, my friends, fit into the plan of God, which led to what Jesus came to this earth for which was to die for humanity the late great Nipsey Hussle as many of y'all probably don't know who Nipsey Hussle is but no worries the late great Nipsey Hussle she knows who Nipsey Hussle is she knows who Nipsey Hussle is all of y'all smiling know who Nipsey Hussle is everybody looking at me right now with a blank face has no clue who Nipsey Hussle is don't worry about it the late great Nipsey Hussle in a song bigger than life he stated this the world would never know of Jesus Christ without a Judas the world would never know of Jesus Christ without a Judas. It is imperative, my friends, that you understand that your, your haters are part of the plan to propel you into your future as long as you don't let their hate get the best of you. You see, we don't want no haters. Y'all remember that? Yeah, y'all don't remember that song, Shake Them Haters Off? Don't even worry about it. Google it. Don't Google it. Whatever. But you got this on shake them. You know, you shake them haters off. Right. See, we want to we want to we want to get rid of the haters. But don't you understand that haters can help propel you into what God has for you? Depends on your perspective. See, if your perspective is, okay. how can I use this person's hate to get me to the next level? If I look at it that way, then I'm looking at it as fuel. If I look at it in another way, I may be looking at a way of I don't want this person around me. Get this person from around me. However, you can learn something from that hater. You can get where you need to get to with that hater. Your haters, my friends and they come in all different forms, shapes, and, 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 and sizes, your haters will help propel you into your future. What do I mean? Listen to this. Here is how successful people tend to respond to haters. Here's nine ways that successful people respond to their haters. One, they make criticism their fuel, not their kryptonite. Y'all remember, Super, y'all remember Superman? What was Superman's weakness? Three of y'all knew that. The rest of y'all, I guess y'all watched Batman. All right, that's all right. It is okay for y'all to talk back to me. Don't even worry about it. They make criticism their fuel and they take the criticism and they say, "You know what? I'm going to use this to get to where I need to be." Versus, "This ain't about to kill me." You see Kryptonite made Superman weak. Criticism doesn't have to make you weak. It can make you even stronger. Second way, how successful people respond to their haters. They take that person's hate, and they turn it into a compliment. You ever had somebody cuss you out before? About three of y'all have, it's all right. right, don't. Church folk, it's okay. I know y'all come from some stuff, come on. I understand I ain't the only one with a backstory up in here. I know y'all been holy, sanctified, and all that good stuff for however long. I know you've been cussed out before. Oh, matter of fact, let me rephrase it. You probably cussed somebody out, didn't you? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. They done cuss somebody out. You ain't got cussed out. Yeah. Y'all sitting here all holy and sanctified like listen, y'all realize y'all sinners just like me. Pinch yourself real quick. Pinch yourself. Just everybody pinch themselves real quick. Pinch yourself. Go ahead and pinch yourself. You realize you still down here on earth with me, right? That means you are a sinner and just as messed up just like I am. All just the same. But, 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 but you had those times where either you've cussed out somebody or somebody has cussed you out, right? And then when they cuss you out, you know what messes them really up is when you don't cuss them out back, but you say, God bless you. (laughs) Praise his holy name. When you flip that thing on them, because the expectation is when you're nasty to them, they expect you to be nasty back to them. But if you show them Jesus Christ, if you show them something different, it kind of Flips it all on his head. Right. Takes the power out of it. So they take a person's hate and they turn it into a compliment. The third thing that that successful people do when they respond to haters is they remember that they don't need to retaliate. All right. You don't mess with me. See, I don't have to go back and mess with you. I don't have to. What I'll do is I'll learn from the situation and I'm gonna utilize that to propel me to the next level. right? I don't have to spend my brain energy, my limited brain energy of trying to figure out, how do I get back to this man, get back at this man because this man just harmed me? How do I do that? I don't gotta waste my time on it. I'm worried about being successful in the name of Jesus Christ, not retaliating on you for what you did to me. No, 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 no. The fourth thing that, that successful people do in responding to their haters is, they show those that hate on them kindness. Oh, boy. Now, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand to this question, but uh, I know some of y'all went to the club back in the day, didn't y'all? Thank y'all for being honest. I know some of y'all went to the club back in the day. And and, and I remember in the club, right, one thing I hated about the club, I hated when people would step on my shoes my shoes is fly I don't want you stepping on my shoes but just imagine just 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 imagine if I just come yeah and just step on your feet right there right now your reaction might be to punch me or your reaction might be I'm gonna step back on his shoes too we're gonna get some get back but what if he decides to show me kindness and say bless you brother I know that was a mistake I know you didn't mean to what if you showed that individual kindness versus retaliation You see, that's what successful people do. That's how successful people respond to their haters. The fifth thing that they do is they do not react negatively. Instead, they are grateful. Oh, boy, how can you be grateful for your haters? The sixth thing they do is they take the opportunity to check in with themselves to see if they're on the path to the desired goal. What is my goal? Where am I trying to get to? If I'm trying to get to heaven, does me slapping this individual help me get to heaven? You see how you start to ask yourself questions? If I retaliate on this hater for what this hater just did to me, is this going to get me to my desired goal, which is to the kingdom? No. What it's going to do is give Satan some more power. You see, but you want to be successful in Jesus Christ. You don't want to give Satan any power. Seventh thing that they do is they ask themselves, what can they learn from the person's hate? The eighth thing they do is they take the time to hear the hate, but they do not allow the hate nor the hater to cause them to give up. You see, it's okay to see. See, your hater might be saying some honest stuff to you. Your hater, you know how like you come out the house sometimes, and and you know maybe something ain't matching right, right? I remember when I was a when I was maybe 13 years old. I I struggled to match y'all. It's got to be very basic. I struggled to match. So when I was 13 years old. We went to we went to I think I was 13 maybe I was 12. We went to camp meeting. This was a South Atlantic camp meeting. I had on some I had on some purple pants jeans some purple jeans and I had on a brown shirt. I thought it matched. It does. Oh, <laughs> you about to change my whole life right now? <laughs> I think I asked my brother or somebody, I said, listen, did it, does this matter? And they played, man, they played me. I thought I was fresh. I thought I was real fresh. So I, I came to camp meeting, and you know as a kid, you go to camp meeting, you try to talk to the girls and all that stuff, you ain't really interested in the service like that, and so I think I'm fly. And I just ain't matching. I got on purple jeans. I mean, when I say, I'm not talking about a stripe of purple. I'm talking about the whole jeans is purple. <laughs> From here to here, purple. And a brown shirt. I don't even know, it wasn't no dress shirt, it was just a brown shirt, thinking I'm matching, right? Now, somebody told me at camp meeting, dude, you ain't matching. You a hater. But see, but see, all I should have done was listen to him. He really wasn't hating on me, he was really telling me the honest truth you ain't matching you see we take sometimes when somebody doesn't like something or or, 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 or or think something about you we take it all as hate but sometimes that hate is really truth sometimes that hate is really truth to help you out and you know and you know what I ended up doing that day my, my dad actually had on some cream pants or something so I said look can I change my pants with you and he was so gracious to allow me to change out of the purple pants and put on his pants that he had on for camp meeting. And I probably still look crazy, but it was a OK. But that is what successful. People, they hear the hate, but they don't cause the hate. They don't allow the hate to cause them to give up. And the last thing that successful people do is successful people respond to hate by sticking to their convictions. Whatever your conviction is. Stick to it. Next time somebody hates on you and you can stand on proper principles, my friends, make sure you tell them thank you because their hate is all part of the plan for you to achieve your God-given purpose. Just confuse a hater by saying, thank you. I appreciate it. No need getting in a a tongue tied battle with them. Thank them for it because it it, it might help you achieve that God given purpose. Now, the Gospels, my friends, thank you for this nice, nice little fine stuff for my bald head up here. The Gospels represent the betrayal of Christ by Judas, my friends, as a horrible, diabolical crime. And it stands out as the darkest deed in human history. The word betray has one remarkable meaning to deliver up. This is what Judas did. He delivered up Jesus. Yet such a dastardly action was overruled for Jesus was delivered by the determinate counsel of God. See, Judas thought it was really him that was really doing the stuff, but he was really all a part of the plan to get Jesus to the cross. In short, my friends, in spite of Judas' hate and snakeism, God was orchestrating the entire plan. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Oh, boy, oh, boy. John 13, 21 to 27 says this. It says, when Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in his spirit and testified and said, most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about what he spoke. What's what's Jesus? What? Somebody going to be. What are you talking about, Jesus? Now, there was leaning on Jesus's bosom, one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon there Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke Jesus who are you talking to talking about that's going to betray what are you saying then leaning back on Jesus breast he says to him Lord who is it who exactly is it verse 26 then Jesus answered it is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Verse 27. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. Can you imagine that piercing look of Jesus? The piercing look of Jesus, knowing that this Judas is on a plan to trade out Jesus, and 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 Jesus looks at him, and you got you got to step into the humanness element because remember Jesus was one hundred percent human, one hundred percent divine. In the, you ever had a friend betray you before? You ever had a friend backstab you before? And he's looking at Judas, his. friend friend not just the disciple but his friend who has been with him and he says what you do do it quickly three points I want to give you and then I'm going to take my seat three points I want to give you the first one is having a Judas in your life is part of God's plan Having a Judas in your life is part of God's plan. See, here's the thing. Sometimes you need a person's hate in order to get you to where you need to be. What do I mean by that? Think of Joseph and Egypt. You see, go back to his brothers. His brothers hated him. They threw him into a well. They, they sold him off. He's in Egypt. He has an issue with Potiphar's wife. He ends up in prison, all, not all knowing this is all part of God's plan in order to fulfill a promise that happened earlier in Genesis that your seed shall be as much as the stars and the sands of the earth. Oh boy, what kind of patience it took to wait out that plan. You see, sometimes... Sometimes we wait for things for God for so long, but it is all of part of God's plan to get you where you need to be in order to fulfill whatever that God-given purpose might be. My, my, my. Joseph had to go to Egypt, folks. Joseph had to go to Egypt. Now, think about this for a second. Let's take this story in reverse. Somebody said this earlier in Sabbath school. When we read these Bible stories, we're always reading them in the past tense. We're reading them knowing the end result. Imagine you being Joseph at 17 years old and you're going through that story. You have no clue if I'm ever going to see my father again. Imagine the anguish in his heart. Imagine the pain, the turmoil. My own brothers have dropped me in a well, but not only that, they sold me into slavery. I may never see home. He doesn't know any of this at this point. But it was all part of God's plan. It was all part of God's master plan. And so that should help change your perspective just a little bit. No matter what you're going through in life, understand when you stand on proper principles, it is all part of God's plan to get you where you need to be. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. But also remember Jesus. You see, Jesus came to this earth and he had to die. That was what he had to do. Your death does not satisfy the ultimate death. Jesus' death is the only death that could pay that penalty. And so Jesus needed to die. It was not right for him to stay on this earth for 60 and 70 years and die of natural causes. That's not what it was supposed to be. That is not what it was supposed to be. He came in order to live, to save, and to die. And that method of death was crucifixion on the cross. And you know who helped him get there? Judas. The one you don't want around you. The one I don't want around me, but everybody needs a Judas. That Judas is going to help you get. See, even if that Judas just acts as like a pruning tree to you, right? Because that Judas, any of y'all just like yes friends? You know, all the friends that just tell you yes all the time. Y'all like them kind of friends? I can't stand them kind of friends. I don't even want a bunch of subjective friends. I prefer more objective friends. Let's look at the facts of everything. Remove your feelings for a little bit. And let's just look at the facts of things. And let's look at this objectively. You know, you're going through something. You're going through some pain. You know, your husband and did something to you. Your wife done did something to you. Something done happened. And you get around your group of friends and your friend's gonna tell you, oh man, you should leave him. You shouldn't stand for that. And, 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 your, and the male friend, we gonna get together and we gonna say, oh man, she done cheated on you. You shouldn't, man. You should just leave her. No. Don't listen. Don't listen. You see, we, 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 we listen to our friends so much that it leads us out of the will of God. See, we often think that the will of God is a straight thing from here right there to that exit sign. That will of God is all like everywhere. We want it to be straight, just like this, with good friends and everything like that. But get you a Judas around you to help propel you to what God has for you. Point number two, having a Judas in your life keeps your enemies close. You ever heard that expression, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, again, Jesus knew what Judas was. Jesus knew what Judas was. See, here's a sad reality for you and I. We grow up with friends, we pick our friends, but we don't, we don't know everything about them. Right? I think Elder Mark said in Sabbath school today uh, 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 God knows the number of hairs on your head. He ain't got that many to count for us, right? And we just, we ain't, really, we ain't really working with nothing right now. But it's all right. When we get to the kingdom, maybe it all sprout back, right? It, it, God knows everything. Right. So so here's a God who knows everything and he still chooses a sinner like me. God knows his everything about every last one of y'all up in here. The sins you try to hide, the way you try to make yourself better, look better than you ought to look, the way you condemn an individual because they do something that you don't think they should do. But God says, I know it all, but I still want that individual. even though you've messed up and continue to mess up oh I still want you oh I still want you and so he's choosing his 12 and he don't choose 12 of the best he don't choose the cream of the crop like most how many y'all gonna go to the car lot and go get the trashiest car on the car lot you gonna go there and you gonna go get the best that you can get nobody wants to go over there with fifteen thousand dollars in their pocket to get a car and you come out with a car with no engine no doors no wheels and then you go tell all your friends hey guys I got the best car on the lot now you got junk just now and you got played out your money Jesus ain't looking for the best he's just looking for individuals that are willing he ain't looking for the best. He ain't looking for the perfect individuals. Yes, I know I said he ain't, 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 ain't. Yeah, I got all these degrees, but it don't make no nothing mind to me because I'm going to make it plain as plain can be. Understand me? He ain't looking for perfection. He's looking for your willingness to walk with him and talk with him and be molded and changed into the matchless image of Jesus Christ keep your friends close but keep your enemies closer. Point number 3, last point I want to make, having a Judas in your life is going to hurt emotionally. Oh. Oh, y'all ever been tired before in life? And I'm not talking about the physical tired. I'm talking about that emotional tired. When you've cried your last tear and there's nothing left in the tear ducts and you're in so much utter pain that it hurts here and it hurts here it hurts in your very bones the very sinews. i'm talking about that kind of emotional pain if you ain't never experienced that you ain't lived yet having a judas in your life it's gonna cause you some immerse, um, emotional hurt you see jesus bore a lot my friends friends turning on him from betrayal Pharisees talking about him behind his back people doubting who he was in his humanness he was touched by it all all of it see we, we we tend to we tend to forget that Jesus was human too you notice in the Bible he needed to rest at times because he was tired he told the disciples come now let us rest let, let, let us rest for a while right Jesus was human in his humanness, he, he, he could feel what you and I feel. The tears, the pain, the joys, the, the, the separation. His best friend was Lazarus. He would hang out with Lazarus and Martha and Mary. Those, that was his favorite house to be at. He could feel the pain. of When you lose somebody, he knows what it feels like. He knows what it feels like to be betrayed, to have a friend walk with you, sleep next to you, be with you every day just to turn on you. He knows. He knows. He knows what it feels like to have everybody talking about him. And you know, people still talk about him today. They got all types of narratives for Jesus. He was married. Jesus' wife or mistress was married. Jesus this. Jesus that. He's still being talked about in the negative sense today. He knows what you feel like. He knows what you go through. He knows every piece of hurt that is in your life right now. Having a Judas in your life, my friends, it's going to hurt emotionally but you need a you need a Judas and here's the beautiful thing here's the here's the beautiful thing folks while Judas was betraying Jesus Jesus was giving Judas ample opportunity to turn from his wicked ways literally turn you turn you why will you Ah! turn around you see this is the way walk in it don't go that way And he keeps them. Knowing the steps he's gonna take. But see, while Judas was betraying Jesus, Jesus was focused on mingling with sinners, right? He was calling the unrighteous to repentance and leading the captives free. He said, look, even though you're on a path to betray me, I still got mission work to do. I still got evangelism to do. I still gotta go out there and knock on a door. I still got things to do to call people to salvation. All oh, while Judas was betraying Jesus, while Judas was betraying Jesus, Jesus could be found teaching, preaching, and healing. While Judas was betraying Jesus, Jesus was heading toward the cross so that he could die for every last one of us. And get this, even Judas. Now, see, it's easy to die for our friends and our loved ones, but when you say, I'm gonna die, For somebody that's going to trade on me, turn me in for somebody. Romans, in that while we were yet sinners, while you didn't want nothing to do with God, he still said, I see you down there 2,300, however many years down the line, and I'm going to die for you. Even though you want nothing to do with me. While Judas was betraying Jesus, Every step, Jesus was taken to the cross to die for even Judas, the traitor. Wow. Everybody needs them a Judas so that Judas can help you achieve what God has called you to. Sad reality folks know where I'm gonna wrap this up in a second. Sad reality, it is sadly possible to be associated with Jesus. To hear his gracious words, witness his wonderful works, yet refuse him and be ultimately lost. You can sit in this church for 50 years and still not make it into the kingdom. You can sit in this church for 100 years and still not make it into the, walking through, how you say this town, Ypsilanti, Ypsilanti? So why is there a (laughs) Y? I've been telling people Ypsilanti. All right, say that again for me. Ypsilanti, Ypsilanti. so the Y is silent. It don't make no sense. (laughs) All right, I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Ypsilanti. Yeah, all right. I'm going to have to work on this one. (laughs) Come here to 402 South Adams Street. Ypsilanti, I said it right? Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist Church, walking in through those front doors that don't guarantee you a spot in the kingdom. And if you don't know your own address, I just gave you your own address. Right here. That doesn't assure you a spot in the kingdom. Right here. Right here. And your character needs to be that of Jesus Christ, because the the, the the worst. The only thing you take to the kingdom is your character, because when Jesus looks at you, he all he does is he sees his character in you. So you can sit there with the high and mighty rolling, whatever you got circling around in your head. But if your character is not the character of Jesus Christ, you can sit at 402 South all you want. South Adams Street, Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti Seventh-day Adventist Church all you want and not make it into the kingdom my friends don't let all this churching be for nothing don't be all this Bible reading for nothing don't be all these sermons preached for nothing don't let this be for nothing don't be the Judas be like Jesus and rise above the haters don't be the Judas because after Judas traded Jesus for money he ended up killing himself Matthew 27, 1 to 5, and I'm going to end with this It says, when morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful. And brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is it to us? You see to it. They didn't even care. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself." See, folks, you can play something soft if you want to. You're sitting there on the piano. Appreciate it. See, folks, we can... um. You know, we can walk this life, walk beside Jesus, love his words. Don't love his words. whatever. We we can walk this thing. We can still end up like Judas though. You see, you don't want to be a Judas. You want to have a Judas on the side of you. But even with that Judas is beside you, still be trying to win that Judas over to Jesus. That's what Jesus was doing. You see, Jesus didn't try to avoid the Judas. How you and I would. He said, Come, I'm gonna make you part of the 12. At the same time you're going to sell me, I'm still gonna show you who I really am. You see, we have an opportunity to show every Judas beside us who Jesus really is. By the way you talk, by the way you walk, by the way you live, by the way you love. By all of those things, by showing the fruit of the spirit, long suffering, patience, meekness, by showing all of those incommunicable traits to an individual that is a Judas, all you're doing is witnessing to them. Get you a Judas. And if that Judas hates on you, it's okay. It's helping to get you where God intended for you to be. If that Judas hates on you. That's more opportunity for you to show them who Jesus really is. The patience and the love. Everybody needs a Judas. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are sinners. We are sinners that are constantly in need of your grace. We're in need of your mercy, Lord. We're in need of so many things, Heavenly Father. But Lord, most importantly, we're just in need of you. We want to be like you, Heavenly Father. Help us to love how you love. Help us to be patient how you're patient. Help us, Heavenly Father, to forgive how you forgive. Help us, Lord, to be like you. We thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.